0: Hey, how's it going, everybody? We are back to the second episode. I know um, we kind of have our outline, saying episode three, but this is the second episode of Auto Hit Confirmed. We are finally back. I'm so excited, dude. I think, like, just getting to this point was super hype, and now we're finally here. So, I mean, some of the things that we'll be talking about today will be kind of a mixed bag. I think we wanted to touch on The Last of Us, Uh, part two but uh, we'll talk about that later we also have some other questions we have some questions from the viewers some questions that we want to answer ourselves and you know some news from video games so without further ado i bring in my host dom dom
1: hey how's it going everybody uh dom here co-host
0: yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah
1: co-host Don't no got much to say today
0: no <laughs> no nah, nah, of course we don't have a full planned we don't have a full planned intro like last time but i think this yeah. is going to be a better suit for us i think we're just going to roll on in so dom so I, I don't know um how's how's the whole week been you you good over there you good in uh in deKalb
1: uh yeah man week's been good um been working back to work so that's really that's really it uh i'm back in the swing of things nice um had a couple near injuries this week though
0: whoa okay what's going on
1: yeah um i'm not gonna speak on that too much but <laughs> <laughs> they they kind of affected my work a little bit but Ooh. i, I kind of bounced back yesterday okay. so the really really only thing that's been new is games i'm playing and you know being back to work back in the swing of things at Domino's.
0: yeah no that's, no, that's cool. I, Dude, I have not been working, and I have been avoiding injuries. I'm super injury prone. Honestly, I've been like, I used to play a lot of basketball back in the day, and like every single time I'd play. Same. for Dude, every single time I'd play, knee would get janked. Ankle would get rolled. Everything would get bad, <laughs> and I just, I had to stop, man, and so that's why I like just playing games is like what I do, or just go on my walks. You know, walks are decent. Do you go on walks? Yeah.
1: Um, I do not go on walks. I basically I do need to incorporate more uh cardio <laughs> into my <laughs> yeah, into my workouts. I gotta I got to I gotta incorporate more uh cardio into my workouts, dude. All I do is like lift weights and do push ups and you know calisthenics and stuff.
0: Damn. So, I hope I hope all the viewers are imagining Dom to have like all these muscles right now. And have like oh, freaking, please don't, bulked yes. out, bro. <laughs> freaking bulked out, Freaking bulked out.
1: No, no way, no way, no way. <laughs>
0: So so I'm curious then. You said that you are talking about uh, you've been uh, back in the swing of things, also playing games. So what games have you been yep. playing, bro?
1: Okay, so uh, last week I told you I downloaded or I bought those games. Um, I bought Days Gone, like Soul mm-hmm. Calibur, Last of Us. So the games I've been playing are Days Gone, The Last of Us, of course, Mortal Kombat 11. And um, temporarily I put down Jack. I was playing Jack 3, but I put it down so I could play um, – the Last of Us, the remaster version, <laughs> and Days Gone.
0: Yeah. You see, I bought Days Gone, I think, a while back ago when the Days of Play was going on. And mm-hmm. I liked it, but, man, and you said you're, you're probably further than I am. But when I played it... I don't know. Um, where are you at right now?
1: Dude, like, this game is so... I don't know. It's kind of boring, man. I'm not going to lie. Yes, thank, so, you. I, I don't thank remember, you. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't remember. I think, you know what? I've been to Copeland's camp, and I went and took out one of those camps that he said was giving him problems. But other than that, like, dude, sneaking around the... I'm going to try to keep the curse into a minimum. But, dude, trying to sneak around that forest and, like, avoid those freakers. And then you got wolves. It's like, bro, it's too much... There's too much going on in the game as far as like gameplay. Yeah. It's too much, man. It's and it's 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 it's, it's just boring, man.
0: <laughs> no, I, I definitely have to agree. I will say that um playing Days Gone has honestly just made me how do I say it? It's it's kind of boring, low-key. It is for sure, but it's one of those games where I just want to play just, you know, PlayStation. Passing the time. Yeah, past the time. But said Days Gone, Last of Us, Mortal Kombat 11. Then you also put down Jack. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious, have you beaten Jack before? Jack 3, that is. Is that your favorite game?
1: (laughs) I've beaten Jack. Dude, I'm going to be so, uh, the viewers are going to be like, oh, man, this guy. What's wrong with this guy? I've played Jack. uh, I've played Jack maybe 10 times. Damn. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't think that, like, honestly, I think it—I think it was ten times. And I don't think that's an exaggeration at all, man. I played that game so many times. I don't actually—I'm not even going to sit up here and lie to you, man. I don't remember how many times I've beaten Jack the trilogy. That's how much I like the game. Wow. I don't—I don't know how many times I've played it, but it's, it's definitely more than three.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Damn dude. Damn, that is yeah. <laughs> that is wild. No, I, I have not been able to even get to that feat where I'm like beating a consistent game like five times or so. I think my most was probably probably two times or so. It it has mm-hmm. not been a lot, honestly. But yeah, that's
1: it's embarrassing to admit, but I love Jack.
0: No, that's that's awesome though. I, I do encourage people to like, you know, I mean, games that have great replayability, I think are something that I don't have um cuz replayability means that I got to go back and do everything again and sometimes mm-hmm. I mean a lot of games to me in my opinion just don't have that appeal you know they're kind of like a one and done unless right. they have like a multiplayer aspect but you know
1: days gone
0: days gone I I like days gone I'm not going <laughs> to repeat I'm not going to repeat once I beat it Last of Us yeah, it no. took me 7 years to repeat Assassin's Creed 2 it took me 10 years to repeat you know it are a-putting only...
1: age on us, man. Yeah. I mean, we're young, oh, but man.
0: <laughs> For real. <laughs> I I I think I shouldn't be saying this stuff. But <laughs> that's interesting that you about the games that you've been playing. I've personally been playing, or I should basically say it's like I've been playing some Street Fighter, the 30th anniversary, um, which is just a collection of like all the Street Fighters from Street Fighter 2, Alpha, and then 3. Mm-hmm. I've also been uh, playing Tekken. I've been grinding Tekken like excessively. I think from the last time that we recorded the podcast, I had just been streaming Tekken almost for a good, good minute. But man, I am just—I was just getting so decent. Like I just love the combos, and especially my uh, me playing Law. I just like you know Ugh, gathering yeah. up juggles and all that. But I'll never forget that. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, <laughs> I, I mean just going from fighting games to like story based games it's super hard because i have played i was playing a little bit of brotherhood um Mm -hmm. just tried just you know i think inevitably waiting for this week to end so the last of us part two can come and Mm -hmm. i mean i think from there there hasn't been that many games that i've really been wanting to touch i have been i have though i have been watching Movies now. I, I will say I've been watching a bunch of movies though, so that might oh, it might throw this okay. whole thing all over the place. I've been switching in, gears here. Yeah, switching gears. No, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't been playing so many so many games because I all the expectation was coming for The Last of Us. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna play so much. I'm just gonna watch movies. So I've just been watching a bunch of anime movies um, and animes as well. Shoot, just finishing them and you know just trying to get ready for this game. So. Last week, we also said that we were going to have like, you know, we told our viewers to ask us questions, you know, Mm -hmm. and a couple of them actually did. Um, I have I have two of them for here. Um, Hopefully we'll get more next week. But for now, I wanted to put up these two because I thought these two were really good. So for our first question from our viewer and uh, the viewer's name is Christian. He asked, what was the first game you both can remember playing that you think made you love video games? So, right. what do you think?
1: So, Christian, my game, I had a I had a lot of games. Because um, I started playing, I didn't tell you guys last week. Like, uh, Nick, you said you started playing games at six years old, right? Yeah. I started around the same time. So, this is like 2001 or two the games uh, that got me into video games was need for speed high stakes it was a ps1 game that game um, I would basically come home from school uh, my dad like on weekends I only got to really play video games on weekends when I would visit my dad I lived with my mom at the time so <clears throat> excuse me uh, when I would when I on Fridays when my dad would pick me up from school you know he w- we would go home. And then he would, obviously, I couldn't play the game until I had finished my homework, if I had any. So I'd do my homework, and then I'd, you know, ask my uncle, Greg. My uncle would give me his uh, game case, which I still have to this day. He was like, play this. And I just, he just gave me a random game, and it was Need for Speed High Stakes, and I played it. And that was, like, the thing I did on weekends for hours on end, um, to the point where my dad had to, like, put a limit on how long I played video games. So he, I I would play it for like five, six, seven hours. And my dad would want to watch TV and I was up front playing video games. So he was like, you can only play video games for two hours now. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Yeah, and that, that lasted for, up until I was like 15, or that lasted up until I was about 12 years old. And that's when I started making music and I kind of put video games down for a long time. Mm. Until now.
0: Yeah. I. I've never been such a big Need for Speed fan, but what would you say that was, like, the most addicting?
1: Like, the best part of the game, you mean? Yeah,
0: yeah, like, what really pulled you in?
1: When I was younger, I didn't understand the full scope of video games. I was just kind of playing them to, you know, have fun and pass the time. I wasn't trying to, like, beat the game or anything back then. I, would, I wasn't even racing people. Like, I would just test drive the cars, and that was, like, my thing. I, I, I didn't race. I didn't you know i didn't try to complete i don't remember there being a storyline but if there was i wasn't interested in completing it i just wanted to drive the cars that were available i didn't unlock any exotics um but what got me into what hooked me so much was that camaro and i remember it was i always made the camaro like like purple with white racing stripes and so that kind of got me hooked on camaros and like that's kind of what carried over into adulthood that i never even realized like i'm like wow I still love the Camaro and that's the car I used to race on need for speed high stakes. So yeah, I think it was the Camaro that kind of hooked me in. And and actually dude, the uh some of the some of the courses like where you raced, they were like overseas, you know, in like France and Italy and stuff. Looking at the landscape and stuff, I didn't realize how much I liked it, but going back and looking at the game and how it, you know, it looks terrible graphic graphics-wise, but it was kind of cool seeing like you know how they how they, uh, design the tracks and stuff. So yeah, I think, I think those aspects are what made me kind of love that game. Subconsciously.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's honestly really dope. I have a, um, I think I got the same thing when I was playing, um, need for speed heat, which is the newest need for speed. And that game had me just, you know, playing the game for an excessive amount of time. But Mm -hmm. now to answer the question from my side, I've, I definitely have to say that one of my favorite games has to be... I mean, it's kind of like a mixed bag because it's either goes down to these three. And I could probably, from these three, I could easily choose one of them. But it, I think if I'd have to eliminate them, for sure. But okay, so the first one has to be Halo 2. But I think the reason why I put Halo 2 is because of the matches that I had. Like the multiplayer co-op, like in the same room, all four people, you know, staring at a TV, just going at it, like team deathmatch type of style of free-for-all like that was fun I I loved it and it brings me to this sense of like all my friends are here like I'm just enjoying my time with them and we're really all just you know just having a great time like we play matches over and over and over so that has to be one of them Mortal Kombat 3 has another really close you know um, is really close to my heart because that's one of the first like fighting games that I got really into. Uh, not good, not technical, just I thought it was cool, you know? Mortal Kombat 3. I played it a lot at my brother's house excessively when we were when I was a lot younger. One of like the first true fighting games I got into. But if I mean the Crown Jewel right there, the PS1 baby. PS1 Tekken 3. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, Tekken 3, <laughs> that is amazing. I That's think That's a classic. Dude, you're talking about that intro, that badass fucking CGI intro with fucking you know Paul and his like leather leather fucking um, jacket. You got fucking How Wrong riding his fucking bike. Uh, uh in the <laughs> Tekken's very, intros are always lit. dude. Tekken intro that that Tekken intro is amazing, and I mean the next one that comes close to it is Tekken Tag 2, which I thought that intro was awesome. But Tekken 3, man, the memories, freaking fighting King in that one
1: like mountain arena. What about the Tekken five intro real quick? That was my favorite intro.
0: Dang. I never, you see, I never played Tekken five. I played Tekken six. Tragic. Check
1: that out when you, when you get the chance.
0: Definitely. If I'd have to choose from those three, like my favorite one, it's probably going to go down to Tekken three, just because the fact that I enjoyed it a lot with my family and I enjoyed it like, I had so many hours just playing that game constantly, even though if I get beat, you know, it was just awesome. So for sure. Now, for our next question, we have what's the most emotional storyline in a game for you? So our viewer um, actually responded that or actually responded to that question as well. His name is Eric, by the way. He responded saying, for me, it's Kingdom Hearts. When I played Kingdom Hearts 3, mm-hmm. I realized playing as an adult that a lot of it is cheesy and slappy, and the actual writing isn't something mind-blowing, but it's still forever sentimental to me because of nostalgia and the fact that it's been my favorite since a child, so nothing else comes close to that when it comes to emotional value in games for me. Now, I think Interesting. Kingdom Hearts is a very, yeah, I never played a lot of Kingdom Hearts. Me either. And and it's, like, a gem upon, like, so many people. Everyone loves Kingdom Hearts, but I just never got into it. But I appreciate that. I mean, there are just some... Like he said, he supported his own, his own idea. He even said it's cheesy and, and sappy, but, you know, mm-hmm. he still thinks that. And and he even says the actual writing isn't mind-blowing, but it holds its sentimental part to him.
1: So Yeah, you're not thinking about that when you're a kid,
0: you know. Yeah, but Kingdom Hearts 3? Kingdom Hearts 3, that that's crazy. He also... That game came out just recently, like two years ago. So I I think maybe that kind of transcended. Those sentimental values that he had for the first two transcended to mm-hmm. the third. But mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe in a couple of years, it'll be a little bit different. You it, know, it, it always shapes up like that for most games. But if it doesn't, that's awesome, man.
1: I was going to say, Kingdom Hearts looks like every time I see the, you know, the cover for the game, yep. I'm like, this looks like it has like a really enchanting emotional storyline like i get that feeling from just looking at the you know the basically the cover art of the game
0: yeah no it it definitely does it's just like one of those weird uh, man i'm sorry to call it weird but it's just (laughs) one of those like very you've had to be at that age and you had to have played it to really get into it. Like me and you mm-hmm. probably will never get into it. I'm and I'm being truthfully yeah. honest cuz it's something like oh <laughs> the funniest thing is that Kingdom Hearts fans like my my favorite quote from one of my friends um he used to always tell me he's like oh you know Kingdom Hearts? You know Kingdom Hearts? What's it about? And I would and I would ha- and I remember I, I did my research, right? I did my research. So I was fucking ready. Right. And, and i grilling you. <laughs> no, he, he came up to my <laughs> neck. He said he said, what's oh, you know, Kingdom Hearts. What's it about? Never fucking played it. And I'm like and I'm like, I got you. And I started and I started kind of saying like what I found out of the summarized version. And he's like, false. Real fucking Kingdom Hearts fans don't fucking know what's going on. You're wrong. And I'm like, holy shit, you're right. Cause then Bro. he started to, he just started to expand my mind like fucking Lovecraftian type of like wonders. He's like, you don't understand. Oh, you think, oh, you think you understand? Well, have you played the one that was for the fucking flip phone back in 2003 or something like that? I'm like, holy shit, dude. And it's like, oh no, that, those <laughs> ones are the good ones. Those are the <laughs> canon ones. And it's like, dude, no one like, it's ridiculous the 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 actual <laughs> amount of games that you'd have to play is just insane and i'm not trying to go for that shit if i can't even play days gone for more than 30 minutes what makes you think <laughs> i want to go through a pile of fucking kingdom hearts games and it's a lot and it's definitely a lot and that's probably, probably now, hours
1: of grinding
0: no I, I don't want to i don't want to keep going in on on freaking <laughs> on, on kingdom hearts because i feel bad but kingdom hearts is like it definitely i'm not saying anything bad i will i will just say that like well obviously I did say some shit but <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that Kingdom Hearts is good for people who have played it so me and you as outsiders you know oh. yeah so I so to answer that question I for me in my opinion I have to say that the most emotional game or the most most emotional storyline in a game storyline in a game definitely has to be Telltales Walking Dead. That game was something, man. It was a five Okay, so it was an interactive storyline type of game with cartoony cell-shaded graphics from the PS3 era and it's and it spanned five episodes within like two within within the year of like 2012. Um it had DLC, but I never played it called The 400 Days. Um it was a it was like this adventure five episodes split up of an adventure with clementine and lee and clementine was like this basically like the most pivotal character lee was like the main they were both main characters but clementine was the star of the show and i mean the story was just great and it was my first time to those type of games where you have to make a decision and your decision will affect other things and it's kind of like the first telltale game um i don't know if it's the actual first telltale game or just the first telltale game that i played but Honestly, man, if there's ever a way that you can play the first one, I'd recommend you, dude. I'd recommend you to play it with your, with your um, fiancé, dude. Because it is just... Seriously? Dude, you you trying to cry, bro? <laughs> I got you, bro. No. no. No, it is a really... it is a re- uh, Honestly, it is a really good game. I remember playing mm-hmm. it, and I finished all five episodes, and I cried at the end of... I, I won't Damn, spoil it. Yeah, no, I, I won't spoil it, but... Man, dude, I freaking, like, I just, I really cherished that game for, like, all of what it was. And they came out with a sequel, but I just never touched it, you know. But And I probably won't go back to it, but it's just, (laughs) that first time, and it it was my first platinum, because once you finish the game, you get a platinum. Um,
1: Oh, okay. Sweet.
0: So, it was, dude, it was almost like I legit was watching a Netflix show. Like, every episode was like, okay, I I gotta take my... one hour of my day and just watch this just all happen. And it's like, oh, every decision mattered. It was, it was awesome. And for all the other people who haven't uh, played it, I definitely recommend you to play uh, Telltale's Walking Dead season one. If you haven't, or if you have, um, I definitely want to hear if you guys have any like other opinions on the game, but what about you, Dom? What is the most emotional storyline?
1: I'd have to say um, God of War. Um, the most recent one. People say yeah. God of War 4, but it's. So, yeah, that would be the. <clears throat> I feel like I've been clearing my throat all morning. Um, God of War kind of. Oh, yeah, I remember. Um, the reason God of War 4, I guess, was so emotional for me was maybe not so much. It... Okay, I-, I can't say it wasn't the game, but. There were other factors. So those other factors were God of War, the first um, the first three installments, I never played them. Yeah. That's gonna sound crazy to a lot of our viewers, but I'm a huge God of War fan. So they're probably like, Well, you can't be a huge God of War fan. You never <laughs> played the first three games. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I know the story though. And I always wished I could get it um the God of War, uh the the trilogy, you know, for the PS2 and the PS3. But I just never got it. So what I did instead was I watched walkthroughs on YouTube. And that's how I, you know, learned the story of, you know, what's going on. How, um why is Kratos killing gods? Like what's his issue with uh what's his issue with Mount Olympus? Like why does he hate Zeus? Why does he hate Why does he hate his parents, his brothers and sisters and, you know, stuff like that? So that game kind of was my first time actually, God of War 4, by the way, was my first time actually experiencing, you know, the gameplay. And it's a lot different from the first three because the first three don't have that third person feel. You know what I mean? the first 3 kind of have those games had like those first 3 had like camera angles where it was more like arena based yeah you were running around but when you got into like a fight it looked like it was a further camera angle cuz you know like God of War is a hack and slash game you know so you could kind of see the entire um arena sort of but then when you get when you get to God of War 4 it's more like uh third it's it's basically third person you know it's not like that anymore and santa monica actually said they had an issue with like changing that and they had to come up with combat to you know support the third person viewpoint and just so like the the whole you know going from um sparta and you know greek mythology to uh norse or uh is it Norse or Nordic mythology I don't know it, Would it would uh, be Norse yeah. mythology or Norse Nordic? yeah Norse. Yeah. Going from Greek to Norse mythology, I feel like was a very good idea. And when I played the game, I was like, man, this is like amazing. I wish I would have played the first three. So the storyline, you know, um, Kratos's wife, Kratos, (sighs) Kratos can't keep people alive. Like, I don't know what it is with people in Kratos's life in the first in Sparta he kills his wife and child his daughter and then in the new game his wife is just dead already and it's like bro why can't we ever see Kratos' like family like all together you know what i mean his life sucks man yeah so <laughs> his <laughs> life just sucks so just like opening up the game you got a burner it's like oh. So then you you go on the adventure with Atreus and you know the the dialogue between the two of them. He's trying to be he's trying to learn patience with his son. It's just a great story, man. I didn't cry or anything, but I thought about crying. You know? Oh,
0: hey, that's a hey, if you if anyone knows Dom, like I've I've known him just for a couple of I think like actually it's been a good year now. Um, I know that yeah. Dom is very like he's not gonna go like tear up or anything on most, on most things on almost everything. So just to have him think that he's going to, he's about to tear up is actually pretty big. So last week we had talked about the price or we actually didn't get a single price of the uh, console. So I kind of wanted to bring that up again. So last week we talked about the console, the PS five and recently there's been a couple of things. There's been the actual price leak for the PS five that occurred. I think a cup like last week, and basically, there is this uh, photo on Twitter that basically shows it's like, oh yeah, the console is going to cost four hundred ninety nine, and then the you know the digital edition is going to cost three ninety nine. Now both of those that's a that's a pretty like steep drop for digital, three three ninety nine compared to four ninety nine. That's that's crazy, but I think that the Xbox Series X has to do something with that break even type do stuff. You- yeah, they they, they gotta um, they gotta go match that price because mm-hmm. no one's gonna want to buy an Xbox Series X that is more expensive. And I don't know if you heard this, but I mean the Xbox Series X controller, you still have to put batteries in it. Like it's 2020, like, it's <laughs> ridiculous. What are we? You gotta go ask for mom. You gotta go ask mom to the mom. Can I have some batteries? Like, that's ridiculous. Xbox man. controllers, man. No the Xbox controllers. But yeah, what do you, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: I did not know you had to put
0: batteries. Yeah. yeah very tragic. Or, or or, thoughts on the PS5 price leak?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. That, that just kind of... That blew you. That just blew me, bro. Like, <laughs> you might as well have a cord. Might as well not even have a wireless controller. Yeah,
0: anyway. Yeah, might as well have a wired controller that only goes from literally like uh, a foot. A foot-long wired controller. So you can't go all the way to the edge of your bed. <laughs> you, you have to be really close to the TV. <laughs> okay (laughs) oh man that is oh man
1: we're gonna we're gonna piss off a lot of xbox uh anyway now look um,
0: here's the thing like in in here in auto hit confirm it's like i try going for um i try looking at both sides like the xbox series x now but me and dom both have ps 5s so i mean ps ps 5s oh shoot ps4s um, so we're kind of a we're kind of a little biased, but at the same time, I try keeping it very fair. Um, because we mostly like talking about video games. But yeah, as far as the Xbox Series X, come on, man. That's just a tough one. I mean, anyone all can right. anyone can say uh, But yeah,
1: all right, Nick. <laughs> come on, man. They're gonna be like, Oh, very listen to these guys, man. They're always you know, <laughs> dumping on the Xbox, but dumping um, on
0: Kingdom Hearts and everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so
1: But um what I'll say about the pricing, um I was, I think I was um, watching a video or something or reading somewhere, where like, uh, like you were talking about breaking even. I heard you uh, say that, and it was mm-hmm. kind of like a buzzword for me. It made me remember what I was reading. Manufacturing costs and sale price are related in the sense that when they make the console, however, however much it costs to make the console, they at least want to break even. Right, so you know, it, it's basic. You know, uh, it's basic economics. Like if the, if it costs four hundred dollars or five hundred dollars to make the, we'll use four hundred. If it costs four hundred dollars to make the, make the console, then they want to sell it for at least four hundred dollars so they can at least break even. Right, maybe yeah, maybe four fifty, but I don't know who they probably wouldn't sell it for that. Maybe five hundred to if they want a profit. So. Um, With the Xbox It, you know By PlayStation coming out with their price first Like you said Xbox can play tit for tat But it's like, can they? Because how much did it cost to make the Xbox?
0: Oh, they might I see be what like, you're saying
1: Yeah, they might be like, damn, dude They're gonna sell it for 400 bucks Man, it costs like $600 to make this trash can So <laughs> Oh, like, damn <laughs> They're Uh gonna be like, they're like, they're gonna be like, man, it costs us six hundred dollars to make our console. How we gonna, how we gonna compete with that? You know, like, that's a whole two hundred dollar difference. So you at least want to break even, right? You don't want to lose money, you know. So that's gonna be interesting. I want to see what their price is. They haven't, they haven't released it, right? No, Uh, PS Five was the first to right. But it was a leak.
0: But it but it was a it was a leak, so it might not be true. That's the thing. We're just kind of Mm. speculating on that. So, I mean, Ah, they could. Here's the thing: if if it is what it is, like the PS 5s actual price is what the leak says, um, then Xbox Series X has to consider that. But also, like you said, they have to cover the cost for the manufacturing. Um, Right. I also feel that, I mean, cheaper to make
1: a Wi Fi router.
0: Yeah, but I think that when you're looking at the Xbox Series X, it's going to be a lot. <laughs> I just realized what you just said. I kind of just like, I kind of blew over that and I was like, yeah, and I was like, damn it. He just made fun. Of- <laughs> so I kind of, um I will say that um when, when using the, like when trying to sell the Xbox Series X, you have to understand that it's going to come. Mm-hmm. The, the Xbox is going to be a lot more powerful than the PS5. I think that's what everyone's kind of agreed on. Like, especially yeah. with the hardware. So maybe that might give it reason to be cheaper, but I think regardless, it's still going to be, you know, you're still going to see it up in the 500s. There's no way none of these two consoles are passing or are below 500 unless they do go for the digital version or, you know, like um, a slim version where prices are cheapened. But that's not until the future. And then, I mean, hey, we might even have an upgrade where, you know, as the PS4 and the PS4 Pro came out, that upgraded the price. But I think for now the PS5 and the Xbox kind of have well the PS5, um, the PS5's price is going to be just a huge thing that you know Microsoft or Xbox will have to kind of worry about, especially with all these people hearing, getting you know, waiting for the price so they can start you know saving or whatever it is, um, getting ready mm -hmm. to adjust towards this new change.
1: But what 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 would a what would a slim Xbox Series X look like?
0: Man, probably just a sh- smaller version, just like a just like the rectangle, but it's like a smaller rectangle. That, that's that's probably what I can guess that the Xbox will look like. Like the PS Five, the PS Five will probably just look. I think within all every time a console has ever been made, I think it's um you've always seen a reduction in size. You know, the PS1 was huge when it first came out. It was this square. It was like this, like, kind of like this square box or so. Mm -hmm. But it was pretty big. And then they slimmed it down with the PS1, which is the same console, just marketing. They just changed it from the PSX to the PS1. And that one's smaller. The PS2 went with the fat one. And then it got small with the PS2 skinny. You know, same with the PS3, PS4 as well. Um, So... I think regardless, I think a small PS5 would probably just be, it, it'd probably take away a little bit of the, of its flash and just, you know, and it's going to mm-hmm. come out cheaper. So it's like, okay, cool. Like we're done trying to show tactics on like how cool it is. Let's just, you know, we're just, obviously we know this is hardware. We're just trying to sell it to you. So IGN had a summer of gaming event recently that was showcasing all the new games that were coming out for this uh, upcoming year and for the following years. Um, I was just snooping around, just trying to see, you know, anything cool and uh, a really cool one that I thought. Well, there's two um, two really interesting points that I wanted to, to pick out from there was, one, the fact that Cuz Perry, the creative director from the Skate series, is announcing that he's starting development on the new Skate 4. Yes. Now, Darren Chung, game director, also said that he's been waiting for years to just actually start this. And what I think he means is that he's been waiting for all these, you know, skateboarding games to actually become relevant again because skate wasn't the only skate game that they had was Skater XL and Skate In Session. So I think they had been waiting for kind of like the market or really everyone just to add more hype to it. Now, I think the I think that's that's fair to say, because you can't just throw out a game, even though I'm telling you, everyone was screaming for this game. He even commented, he's like, he commented this game into into existence, literally. Every <laughs> time EA was having, like, put up a photo, I'm telling you, dude, if you look back on any of their Instagram posts from years ago, they'll just, mm-hmm. you'll see people spamming Skate 4, Skate 4, Skate 4, everywhere, dude. YouTube comments of a new video, anything, of a new EA, of a new EA game, Skate, when Skate 4. So, I think they finally just realized, it's like, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't pander to the crowd how much they want to say like they didn't just like oh we did this for you guys no they looked at the market they said tony hawk pro skater um remastered session skater xl all are coming out this year don't ever get your like emotions like twisted because these are companies at the end of the day you know and they're there mm-hmm. to make money so exactly i i you know it's a pr move for them saying like yeah, you guys made this happen. No, the company realized that there is a certain amount of um, people really, or the market was starting to become like a little bit more elastic to like all these new video games coming out. And they're like, you know what? Nick why with don't, the real, Yeah. Nick, <laughs> why don't we just actually release a game for everyone? And I mean, it's cool. I'm super hyped for it. I know I kind of went on a tantrum right there, but um, I will just say that like Skate Four, regardless the development is starting, doesn't mean that it's going to come out next year or so it just means that they just started development and if they just started that then it's going to be a couple of years we're probably not going to see that game until like the ps5 like i don't know two years or maybe a year after but who knows i mean i just wish them the best of luck honestly and then on the second game that i want to talk about was star wars squadron did you hear anything about that or did you, um, oh, or by the way, did you have any, 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 any uh, so, no, input you're good, man. Okay, like cool.
1: actually you, you have way more input than I had on this, you know, on this topic. Anyway. Oh yeah. So it, from what I was looking at, yeah. you know, I, I watched, I watched it very, very briefly. Like literally I kind of skimmed through the video, mm-hmm. but when I got to, um, star Wars, yeah. as I was looking at the, you know, um, what would you call it? The trailer? Yeah. As I was looking at that, I was like, huh, this would look really good. Like, this was literally the only thing I had on the IGN Summer summer of Gaming 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that Star Wars looks like it should be realized
0: in VR. So, it's actually... I mean, it is in VR. It's it's being supported in VR. Um, It'll have a multiplayer mode and a single-player mode. Um, good. But I don't know if you picked up on any other things. I think the... It'll no, be so. Star Wars Squadron is a arcade flight type game. It's, um, I think suited to come out in October second of this year. It'll be forty dollars with what they say from. I mean, what the company is literally trying to shout out to everyone, saying that it is going to be using or it's not going to have any microtransactions, and yeah, like like I said, it'll it'll be uh, VR, have multiplayer mode and a single player mode. So I. I definitely say that Star Wars Squadron, if you've ever played any of the other games, which Arcade Flight games, I think there's a lack of. I think the only one that I can think of is Ace Combat. It harkens back to the originals, which came out for the N64, PS1. And so if you kind of like those games, then you'll definitely have a kick with this one. I, I feel like there is a lack in the actual market. So maybe this might be a good twist of things. Kind of like how, you know, um kind of how good racing games you know at times can be a great little thing for the market all right so now we're going to talk about the main topics of today which are kind of a couple of things um that i found interesting this week but definitely a couple of questions that i was curious so evo 2020 yes evo 2020 is going to be still held not in las vegas but it's going to be in online tournament, so anyone can sign up. Anyone's allowed to join and participate. The games that have been announced are Killer Instinct for the Xbox One, Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath for the PS4, Skullgirls Second Encore for the PC, Them Fighting Herds, which is a My Fight My Little Pony fighting game for the PC the dates announced will be July 4th through 5th for what the fuck is FH oh fighting herds <laughs> damn <laughs> i was like i couldn't remember what i said i was like what the fuck is FH <laughs> yeah sorry fighting herds yeah um July 11th through the 12th will be skull girls July 18th through the 19th and these are all on weekends by the way uh, July 18th through the 19th will be Killer Instinct. Then July 25th through the 26th will be dedicated to Mortal Kombat. And then finally, on July 31st through August 2nd, Eva will be hosting a special invitational tournament specifically for the Marvel vs. Capcom 2 celebration of their 20-year anniversary. So now that we kind of have an understanding of, like, the games that are coming out, I am super curious. It's an online, you know, registration is free. You can register whenever you want before the end of the month dom have you signed up or are you thinking of signing up any plans what are you what are you thinking about this
1: unfortunately man i did i am not going to sign up (laughs) um as much you know as much as i would like to i just feel like i'm not obviously i the only one of those games you named i can play good and compete is mortal Kombat 11 aftermath but I just don't feel like my skills are there yet. I feel like I want to, if if I join it, if I join it, if I participate in a, tor- a tournament, I want to be able to place at least in top 50. Yeah. Right. I know that's a, that's a, that's a, that's steep for me never having competed. Right. But like I played today and I was like, actually I played today and I was like, you know, maybe I will. But then I was like, nah. And then as you were reading those dates, you know i keep the sabbath man and that that july 25th is a saturday i wouldn't be able to participate if i wanted to
0: true yeah that is something that is something we have to remember okay that's a yeah. no that makes sense but i will say one thing if i ever get the chance to pull you out for a tournament yeah you, ha- you have to come with because just to kind of like talk about your response you say that you want to make it to uh top 10 and i personally feel top 50 top 50 50. sorry (laughs) top 10 top 10 is pretty excessive no top 50 is one of those things that it's just a dream to potentially happen but i will say regardless man i think you should just okay we now know you can't do evo 2020 but in another in another time any other Mm. tournament dude i feel like the confidence grows as you go you know if you if this is your first tournament like who cares like i think the fact that you're actually really good at mortal kombat helps and i think if you were to just go who cares if you lose who cares if you know um people who i feel like as you go you're only going to get better you're only going to get stronger as a player because what you're doing is you're avoiding the inevitable and that's fighting someone not uh fighting someone stronger than you and just getting, you know, washed. But here's the thing. You play people that are really good online, too. And you play, like, all that. But the thing is that they're not online anymore. There is no lag. It's literally next to you. All that pressure is on you. And I'm pretty sure you'd be able to handle it pretty well. But I think the inevitable is avoiding that situation. And mm-hmm. I think you just have to man up and just do it. And I'm not and I'm not saying that you're not man enough or anything like that. I'm just saying. No, that. no, no.
1: I get you. I get you. In
0: general, dude, fighting games like that, dude, you just got to, like, Go for it, man. You might get fucking o and two, uh, go down immediately out of the tournament. But hey, the experience that you come out of that, and then the f- dude, this is the best part. The best part is there's friendlies going on everywhere. Now I can only speak from the Smash tournaments that I've been to, and I've seen a couple of other tournaments held. And there's friendlies going on everywhere, which friendlies are just like you meet, you see, you see someone sitting down having a match on the on the side. You tell them, hey, do you want to have another match? Or do you want to have a match? And you guys duke it out. Guess what? You're getting experience on really high-level players or really, you know, above-average players, better than probably the ones that you're facing online or even better, Um, or, you know, sometimes even less. But regardless, everyone's learning, and you're learning, and you're progressing through your skills. So, like, getting into a match with someone that's obviously better than you, he's probably going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, Scorpion's, like, really horrible in this situation that you never knew, you know, you just, you just never knew that. And you're like, Oh, oh okay. And, and I, yeah, I, mm-hmm.
1: I played this uh, online. I'm actually going to, I'm going to name drop some, uh, t- uh, gamer tags. I remember. So damn, there are two, gu- there are two guys mm-hmm. that I really appreciated playing against. Cause they were like, they seem really knowledgeable about the game. I talked to one. I didn't talk to the other, the first guy, is i think it's uh jade underscore no down to or no down no no d2 jade i can't remember exactly what it was but i talked to him through you know messenger the the playstation messenger and he was basically like you know kind of going over stuff with me like saying okay this is what you can do like you said like this is what you can do with scorpion and in this situation this is going to work and i was like this guy was really good right I had a 5% chance of beating him going into the uh, the the Combat League match. I won one round. I was completely shocked because I only had a 5% chance, right? Now, granted, it's online. My connection was bad. But, you know, still, the guy was really good. So, and then the other guy, but well, he taught me a lot. And then the other guy was Skills J. I played him today. I lost to him for a second time in Combat League, but I remembered his name and I added him. He's really good has a great Sonya and I actually was able to get a couple of matches on him too but shout out to those two guys. Like they kind of helped me, you know, because they decided to do friendly matches after the Combat League um, sets were over. I kind of learned more about my character because of those guys. Like usually people are like, they, they want to teabag you and then leave, you know, like, but they kind of, they kind of stayed and they, they, they they helped me out, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I I appreciate those guys. Shout out to, no D two Jade and uh, skills J.
0: <laughs> and I mean honestly, every time that I've ever gone to a tournament, I will say that it's just been an experience worth having because I know I've gone to tournaments where I haven't felt that confident about my ability to play, and then you know I'm, I I get a I get a couple of wins um, sometimes, and then I'm like okay you know what, and I go back home and I continue training, and I'm like I'm so much better now. I feel like I'm so much more confident now, and you know it's it's awesome, but. I know oh, that. Nick,
1: Nick. Yeah, yeah, go um,
0: ahead.
1: I'm sorry, dude. Uh I want to get this name right because I really want to I really want to get these guys' names right. I really appreciate them. So it's Jade um unders- underscore no d2 and skillsj. Uh spe- skills spelled with a z. If you guys want to lab, those are really good guys to play. You might get your you might get washed. I'm going to keep it PG, but they're good.
0: So yeah, no. I think going to tournaments is definitely like great especially for the fact that you can encourage uh, the growth of your own skills but i think marvel versus capcom 2 being announced as a special invitational tournament uh since it's you know coming back for 20 years is really interesting um if we remember the arcade it, well the arcade version of the game was released around 20 years back And then it was ported to the PS2 which was and the Xbox, which was released in 2002. And then it was reported again to the Xbox 360 and the PS3 in 2009. And it actually made it to the iOS store um, or the Apple store or whatever back in 2012. But due to Capcom losing the license back in 2013, they ended up delisting them from the stores. And I think that was super tragic um, because it made it really hard to find it any type of online copy. And I only know that because I was watching a video at that time uh, by a famous YouTuber. He, all all he does is post up like fighting game content. His name is Maximilian. Um, But he was putting up content referring to that, that issue about Capcom losing their license. And I was like, Oh snap, I got to go online and buy every single Capcom game. So I just bought MVC 2 and MVC3 upgrades and then I'm trying to remember what else was there but the point was that they were losing their license but for a time it was really rough now there's also like physical copies um, that are super rare to come by and those are expensive they go from the range of like 100 plus and that's including like the Dreamcast games and all that but the PS2 copies too they're they're expensive, but So the last time that we saw Marvel vs. Capcom 2 um, was in 2010 in EVO. Uh, I meant the last time that we saw Marvel vs. Capcom 2 in EVO was 2010. And that tournament was won by Justin Wong and his his team of Storm, Cyclops, and Sentinel. Yeah. And that ended up securing his seventh tournament win with that game. But... Honestly, man, that game is really hype. Marvel vs. Capcom 2, if you have any time, look up some Evo matches, especially with Justin Wong. He was the classic creator. Oh, and IFC Yipes as well. He's awesome too. But yeah, no, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, having a special invitational just strictly for that game is just special, I think, in my opinion. Because, you know, the game is awesome. Um, It's super technical, but it's also super broken. <laughs> um I honestly there's like the god tier teams where it's like you cannot beat um I think if I'm correct it's Storm Magneto and Sentinel you cannot beat that team at all that team is too godlike it's it's not worthy but it's just like at one point or another everybody was having that team you know mm-hmm. but that's hey man that's the thing that happens when you get to those 3v3 type of fighting games which are super
1: intricate but
0: um
1: M- MVC2 um I'm gonna have to check that out
0: yeah I have it when whenever I go back I'll take my ps3 dude we could definitely mm-hmm. play I have that game I I yeah. have the first one I'd too like to,
1: I'd like to play that because um that was something that I played family functions you know you you know how you you know like Thanksgiving or Christmas back when I used to celebrate the holidays and everything like you would go to your family's house and you know you' all your cousins and family members are there. And then you got the game in the room, and then like you 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 guys get away from the adults and you guys go play the game. That was the type of environment I played MVC VC2 and I never I never actually owned the game. So I, I gotta I gotta I gotta play that with you.
0: No, most definitely. And honestly, that just you saying that just reminded me of uh, Capcom versus SNK two um yeah Capcom versus SNK and Two Mark of the Millennium. Why do I remember all of that? It's because I I have it on my PS three too. But that game is another one, kind of like how you're saying. It's like where you kind of just huddle around with your you know your cousins or you know your brothers or so, and you guys mm-hmm. just play that game. Like I remember playing right, that right. on the GameCube, and that game was fun. But um no, definitely do we we have to go back and play those. I have a bunch of like freaking fighting games that I definitely want to check out. So that is definitely a move for sure. Absolutely. So, right before Last of Us Two, right before we get into any any big things, I kind of want to touch on a couple of notes that I kind of wanted to talk about. Um, one particularly was about Last of Us remastered, or just Last of Us in general, kind of like a retrospect. Now, Last of Us Part Two came comes out, or already came out. Sorry, came out on. June 19th of this year, and Last of Us Remastered came back, I think, uh, came out like two, seven years ago, 2013, around July, if I'm correct. I don't know the exact mm. date. So, June huh? It, oh, uh, y- is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah,
1: I, I think, yeah, that's Juneteenth. Yep, yep, I didn't know it came out on
0: Juneteenth. Yeah, so, so, um, I think going back to Last of Us Remastered definitely changed my mind. Now, I definitely want to hear your part, but I just wanted to say my couple of things, you know. So, yeah, go ahead. when I played Last of Us, I was, you know, I was maybe like, I think I was a sophomore, or a junior. No, 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 what the heck, not sophomore. I, c- I couldn't have been because it doesn't it doesn't go canonically. Um, I was definitely a junior uh, going into my senior year, and... I remember playing that game and finishing it within a cup within like the first week that I got it. I remember I was so pissed at the ending because the ending wasn't that, well, at that point I thought it, the ending wasn't that great. Um, but then seven years later, here we are. And I said, you know what? Last of Us Part Two is coming. I should actually replay it. So I mm-hmm. replayed it and I thought that from what I remember, I really disliked the ending. And I think now, you know, really getting into it and really, you know, having that same feeling that I had. A lot of my feelings matured from the first time playing. And I feel like maybe some of my actual opinions just kind of went away, like the negative ones for sure. But there were still some, still some tough parts that I didn't really genuinely enjoy. But I mean, that ending was actually even better than I remember. That whole lead up to that ending was really good, actually. And I mean, once I found a comment, um, I was doing some like research on the ending actually, just to kind of get a little bit more context. Um, I did more research and I found that Neil Druckmann, the writer and creative director for The Last of Us and Last of Us Part Two, speaks on Ellie and Joel's relationship. Um, he goes on to explain the ending, which kind of just sets it up to sets up for the sequel. But it's really interesting how he talks about. Now, this is going to be a huge spoiler alert, but it's not nothing too crazy. It's just the fact that the ending itself isn't how most people think. I think when I was a kid, when I was watching that, or when I saw the ending, I kind of was like, oh, that's the that's it. it. Ellie basically just says okay to Joel in regards to Joel telling her all of the stuff that has occurred. She just agrees. And so when I first saw it, I was like, that's it. That's, that's nothing like what, there's no compromise. There's no like, you know, like, what does (laughs) this mean? Mm. But I didn't understand that what it what Neil Druckmann was trying to get to is the fact that Ellie, that isn't an, that isn't an okay, like, okay, yeah, sure, let's go. You know, that's an okay, like, hmm, who are you? You know, like, She's lost the last real relationship that she's ever had, if you've ever played the Left Behind DLC, and she builds a new one with Joel. And Joel does this lie straight to her face, saying that, no, everything's fine. Don't worry. They were lying to you. And so she says, okay, not as a okay of like, yeah, you're, you're good. We're, let's continue the adventure. But an okay as in who, you know, what are we going to do? Like, how am I going to I've lost faith within every human being. And now you've basically crushed that, you know,
1: it seems like she didn't believe him.
0: Yeah. But like me watching that, it was just like me reading that. It was just like, wow. And then me getting to that ending. I was like, damn, that made the ending much more satisfying. And (laughs) I feel like it's tough. But that whole dynamic of those two seeing those two grow through the entire game is the one thing that got me super like excited because also Troy Baker's the voice as Joel the voice of Joel and Joel's just awesome. Or not Joel. Joel's a pretty shitty person. Matter of fact, I hope you understand that when you play the game, Joel is a shitty person. Like pretty like he's gone through a lot
1: and it's Yeah, I was gonna say Joel's been through a lot to be
0: fair. Joel's Joel's (laughs) been through a lot, but they're not like they're not good people. Like he's he's doing his best, but if you kind of look at it, Joel is trying to create an image of his daughter through Ellie almost, and trying to just have that moment with her. But Ellie is, is in a different mindset where, you know, she's gone through a lot of change as well, and she's gone through, you know, building up this relationship with Joel. And it's like this dynamic that goes throughout, you know, the whole game where you see Joel going from like, I don't like you to, you know, I'll do everything for you. It's just crazy. And I was like, whoa, this is some crazy stuff. Joel and all that, you know, you don't really get that good ending where it's like everything's going to go good. No, because these people aren't that great. Like they've done a lot of stuff really like crazy. They've been through a lot. So it's like you can't really feel you can be happy that they made it out of the drastic situations, but it's just like who they are internally. They just kind
1: of become products of their environment and circumstances.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, dude, I think some of the the coolest mechanic in the game, I know this is now getting away from the Ellie and Joel, is definitely talking about, like... Or is definitely about the the fact that there's, like, so much scarcity within ammo. And also the fact that, like, having to craft your own medkits, that's... it's, (sighs) It's something so annoying. But it's also, like, yeah, this makes sense. Like, the crafting does suck because I have to take out my full backpack, pull out the med kit, then, you know, start rolling it up. And that sucks, but you know what? It's kind of cool because it's like, you know, it's it's kind of playing a little bit into that realistic route where it's like you're not always going to have a magic med kit right next to you. You got to actually take it out, you know, wrap it around. And then the, the fact that you have to wrap it and it's healing yourself, and if you stop wrapping it, your health goes back to wherever it was. Man, the, the game is just... Wow yeah no the game is really really like it has some really deep moments and there are moments where it's like damn i i'm telling you that me going back to play it it just made me really appreciate the first game and now i know i sent you um you had wanted to play because that was one of the games that you've been playing and unfortunately unfortunately and fortunately i'll get to the unfortunately later on but um both of us didn't get to check out last of us part two, but I sent you a recap of the video of, um, I sent you a recap video of last of us part one or last of us remastered right? just right. to get you, you know, up to date on what was going on. And right. I'm, I'm sure you saw it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it gave a really comp comprehensive re- review of like, you know, what the actual game was about, but it didn't, you know, give you too much so i I don't know did oh um so what did you kind of think of like that whole thing of just kind of going back or you actually playing last of us what are kind of like your thoughts
1: okay so i'll start with um me actually playing the game so you mentioned you actually just mentioned something about uh the gameplay and mechanics having to craft uh med kits things of that nature right that's something i've That's something I've kind of never been a fan of in video games. But as you said, it it gives a sense of realism. You know, it's not like GTA where you can put in a code and an AR just comes out of nowhere. You know, like you actually have to, um, I believe it was actually in one of the tutorials I saw on how to play. Like, you know how games give you that tutorial in the beginning when you're still new. It's in the tutorial, like, you better find a safe place to heal yourself. And what you said, I actually had no idea that that was a thing, that if you're healing yourself Mm -hmm. and you stop wherever your health was, it goes back to that. That's That kind of sucks, but it's cool at the same time because it's like, okay, you didn't completely heal yourself. Like, we're not going to – you don't get rewarded for doing a half-assed job, you know? And then another thing I like about the game is it's health-based. Now, I don't know what it's called when, you like, you get shot, like in COD or Call of Duty, when you get shot and, like, the screen starts, like, your blood shows up on the screen, but it starts fading away as you heal. You just automatically heal, right? What's that called?
0: Regeneration? Is
1: there, yeah, basically. Yeah, it's basically regeneration, right? So you just kind of heal over time. Like, if you get shot, you find cover, you wait for the screen to clear up, and you're basically healed, right? That's not the case with this game. If you get shot, this is a health-based game. Yeah, the screen's going to show that you've been hit, but you've lost health, and you have to heal yourself. And it reminds me of Resident Evil games, because in Resident Evil, it's the same way. You know, you get hit, okay, you lost that health, you have to, you got to find green herbs and, you know heal yourself right so um that's cool as far as the story goes i didn't get the recap video was very it was a good it was a good recap video there wasn't a lot of unnecessary dialogue in the background you know um and it kind of it summed up the story very nicely and i think like 21 or 22 minutes the thing that uh the thing that I didn't get from the recap video is the in gameplay dialogue that you get between the characters as you're like going throughout, you know, going through the course of the game, right? You know, the characters are talking to each other all the time. And in those um, I don't know what I don't want to call them micro transactions, I guess. That's actually I-, I mean, if you if you take
0: away the fact that Microtransactions mean like, you know, usually people partner them up with like buying stuff. That's actually pretty good though because they're very small transactions within the characters.
1: That was right, actually, yeah, right. As you yeah, you're walking through the game with the character. They have dialogue with each other as you're progressing through the game, right? Those, I'll, okay, I'll use that then. Those microtransactions between the characters, they add more to the overall story. It's a movie, you know. You're just not going to get all of that in the recap video. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and I mean, that's a sacrifice that you have to do, especially exactly. when watching those. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So, um, what I found interesting, and I do want to talk about the ending, because obviously it was spoiled for me, but I feel like with this game, it's like God of War. This game came out so long ago, if you haven't played it by now, it's like, I mean, you kind of missed out. But, you you know? B-
0: but definitely play it. Definitely go out and play it. For yeah, sure.
1: definitely play it still. But... Yeah, him. Joel is, Joel is a eccentric character. Um. Him not telling, I thought him not telling, Ellie, you know, what they were going to do as far as like, can I say this? Is it cool if I say this?
0: The spoiling of the game. Y- yeah. Um. Yeah. Sure. Go ahead. I mean, at this point, if if you really haven't touched this game, like. If, if you have, I'd say, if you don't want anything spoiled, um, you could probably
1: just... Skip this part.
0: Skip this part. Just kind of just wait until we get into our next topic. But, yeah, go ahead.
1: Okay, so... The way I felt when Joel didn't tell Ellie that they were trying to find a cure, that she was basically like... They had... They could... I think it was reverse engineer... um. Correct me if I'm wrong, man. It's 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 blurry. But they could, like, reverse engineer the virus using her blood or something. I don't know. I don't know how it went. So I can't remember exactly cure, what she said.
0: She was going to have the cure, but the fact is that if they find the cure, or when they it get would the kill cure, Ellie. it would kill Ellie, yeah.
1: Right. And I was like, wow, that's sort of like the... It reminded me of the, the train track situation with, are you going to let the train fly off into the abyss, or are you going to, like, sacrifice this one person you know, and let the train roll over this one person and go over the abyss. It was like, do you change the course of the train or do you save the one person? Joel, in that situation, chose to save the one person, right? And I was just like, man, that's a that's a question that you get asked in almost every psychology class. If, you, if, if you've ever taken a psychology class, like psychology 101 of any sort, high school, that's one of the that's an ethical question that comes up in those classes. And it's like, man, what would you do? You know, like what's more important? The, do the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or vice versa? You know? So I thought that was really interesting that they incorporated that into the game. And it's like, man, she has to die? Come on, man. But it's like it made it, it, made it interesting. So Joel decides to save Ellie. And, I mean, we could say – We could say that he made a bad decision, but this guy lost his daughter to the military. He lives in America, right? His daughter is shot within the first, what, five minutes? of Not five minutes, but like 10 minutes of gameplay by the American military. Why would this guy want to save people who took his daughter away from him? And I thought hey, maybe Joel, even though he doesn't like Elliot first, excuse me, maybe he doesn't like Elliot first, but maybe he sees a little bit of his daughter in her as the game progresses, right? So this is just my take, right? Just her presence, you know, it may remind him of his daughter a little bit along with his watch, right? So I can kind of understand Joel's decision I don't want to call him like you. You said you know these people are bad people. Joel may have made some decisions that were not the best decisions, but I feel like, like I said earlier, the circumstances and their environment it, it it just turned them into different people. He may have not he may not have been like that before you know the pandemic, but because certain you know he became a product of his environment and the circumstances that he was in, so. You got to put yourself in his shoes. Like, if, if the American government, you know, the military kills your daughter, you feel like you have nothing left to live for, what do you care if people get the cure? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do you really care at that point? Like, it's like they've taken everything from you already. You've got nothing to lose. So on the outside looking in, it looks like you don't care about humanity, but, you know who can say who can say what they would have done in that situation in the exact same predicament that Joel was in having gone through what he went through i'm sorry for rambling but that's how i felt about that um yeah that's that's pretty much all i got to say about it man yeah no it, dude i got to finish the game Not-
0: <laughs> I love that you're just like you're like you're going in talking about the actual like, like breaking it down scene by scene and just like you know going in and then you're like yeah but I got to finish the game no nah, <laughs> that's funny that's <laughs> hilarious um, no dude honestly I, I totally agree like at the same point where I, I agree on the fact that Joel like I said Joel is pretty it, like I don't like a lot of the decisions that he makes but through all the things that he's been through, they kind of are justified, but it's kind of tough because you know the game is almost in a, um, manipulating you to, to go that route. You know because you're yeah. you're saddened in the fact that Joel lost his his child, but you're also sad in that you know, and you're also sad that Ellie is so likable to the fact that she can replace the daughter. You know, yeah. and it manipulates you almost to just say, you know what, yeah, go ahead and lie, go ahead and say fuck society, but at the same time, you know, you are talking about the same people that easily ended her his child's life. Um not the same people because it's different fractions. Uh yeah. But or different factions, sorry. Different factions um in the game. Mm-hmm. But they're kind of in the same thing. They're in the same boat. Now, years later, he's in a tough predicament where He can lose his daughter from a higher superior like, you know, being or the fireflies, you know, and this time he chooses differently instead of him not acting. He chooses to go on his. He's going to save for whatever it is, his daughter, basically. But so I think that's that honestly is a really good. It's tough, man, especially with. Without playing the game, you did a really good job of just kind of like understanding the the moral values of those. But I'll still tell you, man, you got to play the game. Beat the game for sure. Um, even before, like, the cool thing is that The Last of Us Part 2 has like a, um, the intro part of the game gives you a uh, rerun of what ha- has occurred. So when mm-hmm. we, uh, when I get to that, I'll definitely talk about it. But um, kind of moving forward from there. So The Last of Us Part 2, that was a really good discussion, by the way, on The Last of Us. That was a good retrospect on it, in my opinion. Yeah. So moving forward, I want to talk about two, just two questions before we finally get to The Last of Us issue, um, which isn't going to be a huge thing. It's just going to be a quick little little note that I just want to tell everyone, a little rant on my side. Um, <laughs> and, and you yeah. haven't heard anything from it, so you'll be kind of new to it, too. But um kind of getting back to like the last of us part two or just you know things of that nature last of us part two came in with uh i think if i'm correct the collector's edition um Ellie edition special edition and standard edition and while you can kind of just think about those as a deluxe or premium edition to most type of new releases i'm kind of curious do we really need a a $500 or a $400 type edition or a uh, collectors, you know, whether, whatever that is, uh, for most games. And I think last of us works well for this conversation. Cause it's, you know, it's a big one that I'm, that I saw and I was like, wow, geez, I bought, by the way, just I'm throwing in mine just real quick is that go ahead, I go bought, I bought the special edition and that comes with a hard, Hard um steel bookcase and a 48 page art book for like 80 bucks. That's 20 bucks more than the casual person's gonna pay for, you know, Last of Us. Okay. And, and right. I mean it's it's nothing bad, but like when you get up to the actual like prices up to a hundred plus or even more, yeah. I think that's when it becomes a little drastic because I think you're removing the, the actual content from the game. Or I think you're there's either two things. Personally, I didn't buy I didn't want to get the collector's edition because I'm just not a collector of those, you know, fine arts, artsy things. But I did Mm. buy all the other things that are substantial to it. I mean, (laughs) I bought the controller. I bought the headphones. I bought, you know, so I'm really pumped for this game. I mean, at the same time, there have been other releases of games where you have those expensive editions. And I feel that do we really need these? I mean, it just depends on the content that you're getting. If you want more to experience, if you want more of the experience of like, than just the game, then yeah, sure. Go ahead. But I think at the same time, if it's nowadays, like, it's cool to have like a figure, but people kind of look forward. Okay. Are you going to give me a season pass for free for this? You know, am I going to get, you know, things of that nature?
1: what am i getting for my buck
0: yeah what am i getting for my buck but because there are some pretty shit if you guys go online there are some pretty bad ones uh, some pretty bad uh, premium editions towards games i think i'm trying to remember one of them but i'm pretty sure you guys could just do like a quick search of like bad premium editions but i think when i when I, i've never bought any of them I think, except for, no, I've except for the special edition, I was gonna buy the special edition of Death Stranding because again, I wanted that steelbook case. But no, honestly, it just really depends. I think down to like, what is the game giving you? And if you want to expand the actual, you know, experience, if you feel like this game isn't gonna be enough, and you want like something to look at more, of course. But yeah, what, what do you think? Do you think uh do you think we really need deluxe and premium edition types of games?
1: Well, I'm gonna start answering your question with a question. Mm-hmm. Does The Last of Us have DLCs? Um, DLCs. Now,
0: when you're just saying that you're talking about story-based DLCs or like any little types of DLCs, like
1: any little, any little so one. So like, the
0: DLC matter. that comes with the base game is like if you pre-ordered the game, you get like a crafting manual and you get like something, but that's pre-order bonuses. The special edition also comes with uh, six Avatar skins, uh, you know, for the your PSN theme, the digital soundtrack, uh, digital art book, uh, digital mini art comic book or something like that. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: I think it comes with, I think that's it. It's nothing like story based. It's nothing like, oh, you get like, yeah, crafting material and you also get the, you know, you get the steel book and you get the other thing. So.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. So my take was gonna be, um. Developers, as they you know, we, they can add more to games now. Back in the day, you buy a game, you play it, you beat it, it's done, right? Now they add more to video games, right? You had like you said, uh, what'd you say? You got like a, a steel book cover, right? Yeah. Uh, um, crafting manuals, mm-hmm. right? Those things are useful. But I mean, it's not. It's not. It doesn't really add to the experience. Now, uh, some games like have like you know special skins, things of that nature, right? If I, this is, I personally kind of feel like if if developers are doing all this work, I mean, it's a marketing scheme, kind of, to charge for certain things. So, like, let's say you're playing. Uh okay let's say you're playing The Last of Us right and they have a I don't know they have they, I don't know dude like w- what's something cool you would want to see on Joel real quick like
0: well i i rapid I've, fire uh i don't know maybe some i i wouldn't say any cosmetics i'd probably say maybe just give us a gun like early or something like that i don't know
1: okay all right that's something i feel like something that you don't get in normal gameplay that's useful in the in-gameplay. I feel like you should have to pay for that, you know? Otherwise, find it on your own if you're going to buy the regular uh regular edition. Now, if you want the special edition, like if you like you said an extra gun, right? If you want that, then if you want that from the jump, I feel like it's fair to pay for it, you know? But if you don't want to spend that extra money, then just find it, you'll probably find it in the game anyway. You know, but I mean, if it depends on it depends on how you play video games, too. You know, it's like, do you want do you want to go the easy route? Are you here for the story or do you want to be challenged? You know, so that's my take on it. I had I had a lot more than that, but I kind of changed my mind about that a little bit. You know, the past few days as I was thinking about the question.
0: Yeah. And I think and I think honestly, here's just a quick one before we move on to the next question so Mm -hmm. devil may cry 5 and and i I will say this is the one blunder that in my opinion made the game kind of tough so devil may cry 5 is an amazing hack and slash game if you guys haven't checked it out go check it out it's from capcom um devil may cry series you know dante's super cool fucking badass as always uh fighting demons all that good stuff So they had a premium edition or like I think like a deluxe edition and basically it came in with like 100,000 of red orbs and red orbs are basically in-game currency that you can use to upgrade your weapons, all that stuff, you know. So I bought the deluxe because that was the only version that I could buy at the time. It was like 20 bucks. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And it came with 10,000 or 100,000. Sorry. I don't know if I said 100 or 10, but it was 100,000 red orbs. And I was like, sure. Okay, that's fine. And you start off the game relatively weak, but I was learning all the combos, just trying to get really good. And I realized, I was like, oh, wait a minute. I have 100,000. Why don't I just use them all in my character? And that's mm-hmm. when I got, I just became super OP, and it made me think, like, wow, this, man. I wanted to, like, really, like...
1: It took the fun out of it?
0: It almost took the fun out, because I was like... It's still a really fun game, but it just almost did because I was like, wow, I don't have any grinding to do. I'm, I already have all my weapons. I already have all my maxed out. Uh, you know, I still didn't get all the moves, but I was like, I now I, I, I have majority of them. So, I mean, I will say when it's situations like that, it can definitely hurt the game, especially because its progression is halt is progression is like rapidly increased and all automatically you become from like a weakling to an OP character and like the first mission, right. and it's like yeah, all those all those bosses or all those uh side characters or those enemies that you were trying to face originally with your normal like weakened armor were supposed to be meant to be dealt with your weak armor, or weak weapons. But now that you're like super OP, it's like oh, it's not, it's no worries. It's it like, takes bl- the
1: satisfaction out of winning.
0: Yes, exactly, and I think that's one of the issues that maybe can come with these deluxe, uh, premium editions. Again, like you said, it could just go down to like um the DLCs, especially if it's like more. But you know, if you're just gonna grind it, just just get it yourself. Death Stranding had a similar issue where they gave away they gave away, if you got the special edition, a steel book cover case, like an art book. They gave you a pad, an armor suit, and a gold mask. All those three in-game items you could have gotten later down on the road, like not even like by the third episode by the third chapter. And that's probably like five hours in, really short into the actual depth of the game. But, I mean, I I never used them. And it's like, wow, you really were just going to make me pay a couple of more bucks for something that's not that great. But, I mean, to (laughs) each their own. To each their own, man. Honestly. Right, yeah. That's why I said,
1: depending on what type of gamer you are, if you're a grinder or if you're just here along for the ride. Like, Mm -hmm. it depends, man.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, this kind of just bleeds into the next one because... Last of Us Part Two um, is a huge game that came out uh, this year. It's 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 like, but it it's also so big that it's going to leave so much controversy behind whether people like it. Because you'll have an opinion, you'll have you'll be more looked at if you have a negative opinion. People love negative news. People are just more suited to hear negative news or negative you know outcomes than positives. Mm-hmm. It's just pe- people exactly. in nature, you know. Yeah. So. I, was thinking, I have a quote. Oh, perfect. So I was thinking, you know, now that Last of Us is out, the reviews have been in for almost a week now. Um, and some reviews on YouTube are literally, like, drastic. Of like, you don't want to hear my opinion. Or, you know, this opinion <laughs> is going to change your mind. Like, don't play this game. You know, and it's things like that that just kind of tick me off because they know what they're doing. I mean, they're doing this because it's going to add more clicks because a negative review, like I said, is much more attracted It's going to bring in more people than just a very positive. This is a 10 out of 10. So I was thinking, do you think like reviews hold like a psychological effect on us? Now, I'll kind of go into my part just really quick. Just kind of what I think. Um, So there's a couple of like layers to that question. I mean, it's not really a layer, but it's kind of just what I was thinking. But usually do tens trigger a buy and does a six repulse you away? You know, those two differences, those two like different numbers, track different people if you see a game that's 10 10 uh 10 out of 10 it's going to be like holy shit this is a really great game i should be experiencing this you're almost doing right. the uh what's that one quote oh my gosh i love i love this one but i don't keeping up with the joneses oh boy yeah so yeah. when you see 10 out of 10 <laughs> you're trying to keep up with the joneses and basically what that means is that you're just trying to keep up with what everyone else is doing you know you're trying to have that experience i think And so when you see a six, it's like, or like a five, it's just like, oh man, this game's like really bad. And it sometimes might even halt your your position into buying the game. So I think a one out of 10, isn't that fair in general of a rating scale. And I like the YouTubers who move away from that and just kind of say like, uh, just don't, don't buy the game, you know, kind of wait on it. Or just people who say like, yeah, you know, just never give a review score at all and just kind of give their opinion. Those are awesome. Mm, So, um, And I think, like, when you give a number out, it makes you kind of... Like, a number is supposed to represent this feeling that you're supposed to have towards a game. And I don't like that at all. Even though I used to always say, bro, rate it 1 out of 10. I think I say that as a joke nowadays Mm -hmm. because, you know, I think a number is more... Your feelings toward the game shouldn't be capsulated within just the number. And... Sorry, I'm just getting sued. Uh,
1: I like that take. I like that take.
0: But when we look at like the big things like metacritic and rotten tomatoes these are places that you go to to find out what's how does how do people fully think about this in a in a wide margin what's the average that people consider this this thing to be metacritic usually rates their games one out of 10 rotten tomatoes usually goes by their diverse uh rating system which says anything that's like i think above percentages the, yeah above percentages but it's like a specific percentage i think it's like 50 percentage it's fresh and fresh just means that it's you know it's something that no one has ever you know or people have i i don't know the full definition of it but it's supposed to be good i guess that's Hmm. what it's trying to say so okay whenever you see a 60 percent of tomatoes it's like oh okay uh, that means it's decent and if you see like 100 percent, that means it's like super fresh that means you gotta watch it and these things i think are like super tragic because i myself have been an have been a um have been affected by this because I used to always go by my opinions by Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, I'm not going to watch that movie. It's a it's 32%. 32% sounds disgusting compared to 98, 97. These two numbers have a huge effect on us. And I, I don't know. I There has to be some type of like bias that we go through. Well, we're all biased, actually. There Actually, we are extremely biased on our day-to-day lives. So seeing these numbers definitely hold this effect. And there, there's an actual psychological term. It's like the anchoring effect, which basically means is that, just to kind of summarize its points, is that whenever you get told something, you, like, for this example, a number. If I told you, oh, dude, the game. So if I told you your opinion, mm-hmm. you kind of have to, like, formulate it. And if I said, oh, okay, cool. Now you have your formulated thought. And I say my opinion, and my opinion is like, I'm going to give this, you know, let's just say I gave it a 10. I have now anchored you to say something positive because your mind is like, damn, he gave it a 10. You might have a very strong opinion on it, but also on top of that, Mm. like anchoring has many other like effects within like your brain and all that, where it's like, whenever you hear anything, you're kind of just like set on that notion. So with Video games, or just like in general, rating scales. Whenever we see something like that, like oh, this game is like gonna be good, um, we kind of okay. Well, then it'll, then it will be good if people say it's good, then it will be good. It's kind of hard to just fight out of that um that anchor, and that's just a bias that we have. But nevertheless, I just wanted to wrap it up. Now on my side, Dom still Dom still has stuff to say for sure, and I'm super excited to hear it. But I just want to say that I personally do think that reviews do hold a psychological effect on us i mean i don't know if that's the right way to put it but it's it's undoubtable that's pretty
1: yeah it up nicely
0: yeah i I think it's undoubtable like something you can't avoid and it's tragic but that's why i try not going to reviews anymore or if i do i have a very dedicated person that i go to specifically and i don't even listen to a lot of it what they say i kind of just you know hear this and then hear that. And then it's like, okay, I'll make up my own opinion once I play it. It's, and that's kind of what I want to say. Also, any game that comes out, it's coming from me. I try not looking at reviews because I don't want to mix up an idea. I don't want to be biased towards something. So when Last of Us 2, like when I actually get it, I'll definitely talk about it for sure. But okay, enough about me. Let me actually hear it, Dom. What do, what do you think?
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, this is. I'm going to start off by saying this. Uh, we all know how to use social media, right? We see, you know, posts where people have, you know, everybody's going to have something negative to say about anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Someone's going to have something negative to say. But what I've noticed, and this is the quote, unpopular opinions have become so popular that unpopular opinions are now popular. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Now, for those who, you know, if you didn't understand that, I'll explain. If something has a negative review, or let's say, actually, if something has a positive review, like Nick said earlier, if somebody comes in and says, no, I don't like this, right? That seems to, like, shift the entire crowd over to the negative side. You could have loved the game or the movie, whatever entertainment you were you know enjoying that you genuinely that you genuinely liked it's crazy to me how one negative opinion about it can shift your whole it can shift your whole opinion an example of this is now this didn't happen to me but the the example i'm gonna give is watchdogs nick i know you don't i don't know you don't like watchdogs right the first one Uh, i i didn't generally play it but i yeah not really okay a lot of people did. Now, I when I played Watch Dogs, I loved the first Watch Dogs. Dude, I went and looked at reviews on the first Watch Dogs. People hated that game. They said Aiden Pierce is a terrible main protagonist. He's got no, he's got no characters. No, he's so he's such a shallow character, right? He's like, oh, it's the same old tropes used for Aiden Pierce. and it's like, I didn't get that when I played the game, and even after I read the reviews, like. I still didn't, like, I didn't get that. But what some people will do is they will be like me and genuinely like the game, right? They'll go read the reviews, and then they'll go back, either watch a walkthrough and or play the game, and then try and look for things that are wrong with the game so they so that their opinion can match that of the masses. So I just feel like that's, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. It's, it, it just comes down to like, think for yourself, you know, mm. no matter what the score or the number. And I want to challenge you on that number, the the number, um the scaling, right? Mm-hmm. The one through 10, you said, um, I didn't know about the anchoring effect. You learn something new every day that actually makes a lot of sense. Right. But I want to challenge that a little bit. If I play a game, or if we both play a game and then we come and talk about it and you say, I like this, 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 and this about it, right? I didn't like these things. And then when you sum it all up, you give it a 10. Does that really, does that really anchor me? Cause I think like, does that really anchor me to giving it a positive score? Because what if I didn't like the game? You know, I feel like, yes, it does have some psychological effect on people, but I also feel like it depends on the person. So, if a person is confident in their stance or opinion, you're not going to move them, right? You could give it a 10. If they think it's a one, they're not going up to a two. And that says a lot because, you know, like I said, I may sound like I'm contradicting myself, right? But the, the, the key, the key part of what I'm saying is it depends on the person, you know? So Nick, you know, a lot about video games. Let's say Like, you know more than me about video games. Let's say you got two people. One knows more than the other about video games, and the one person knows it, right? Because the other person in this situation knows more about video games, that person is going to take their opinion and say, oh, well, maybe he's right.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like the, what is it called? The authority, uh, It's like an authoritative. You know what I'm talking about. It's like when when people feel intimidated by other people who have more knowledge, and they feel like they kind of have to rise to the occasion. Are you talking about appeal
0: to authority?
1: Appeal to authority.
0: Yeah. That. Yeah. No. Definitely.
1: So that's what that's what it. I feel like that sometimes that's what it comes down to. It's just it's basically just appeal to authority. Like if I'm talking to somebody who clearly is more well versed in or is, has more knowledge of video games in general than I do, if they give something a bad review, I'm going to look at them like, well, well they kind of know what they're talking about, so maybe I should reevaluate my opinion. And it's like, no, you don't have to do that. If you don't like it, you don't have to reevaluate your opinion just because this person doesn't like it. That's their opinion, you know? So, yes, it does have a psychological effect, but it depends on the person. And, you know, like what you like. You know, you don't have to... And then you don't have to... Don't have an unpopular opinion just because it's popular to have one. You know, if you genuine, genuinely don't like something, then don't like it. If you genuinely like something, then you can like it. But if you want to rate something on a scale from 1 to 10, cool. If you feel like that's... If you feel like that's a... You know, if you feel like that's hindering, then just be more confident in your own opinion. Like, don't change your opinion because somebody else says, Oh, this is this game's great, you know, because I still I'm going to feel that Watch Dogs, that the first Watch Dogs is a great game and nobody's going to move me from that, right? But I understand that not everybody has that. So, I guess like I said, it depends on the person.
0: Yeah. You know, that appeal to authority is is genuinely another point that I was going to get to. But dude, honestly, especially when we're talking about these video game reviews with like huge, huge followings, you know, IGN, things like that, where it's just a Mm -hmm. quick number some people just look at the number and it's just like, sure. But, and it's just like, yeah, cool. I got it. I now understand the entirety, the entire scope. So, yeah, I mean, what you said, honestly, was like really, it, it, it structures everything really well. And I think just to kind of like, I guess, like, get a full answer what do you what do you think so do you with all of what you said think that Mm -hmm. that
1: reviews hold a psychological effect on us sorry i did kind of ramble in that explanation but i would say for the most part yes yes they definitely do yeah
0: no I, i mean dude i think we both did a little bit of rambling but i think it's important because it's one of those things as you know as we're trying to talk to the viewers out there um that they should definitely have their own opinion, especially when it comes to that, you know? Absolutely. But now we are into the meat and bones. We are in, finally in the last um, bit. I know we're going a little bit. We This is probably going to be the longest podcast we've ever done, for sure. But I hopefully everyone enjoys it so far. So now we're just going to talk about The Last of Us Part 2. And here it is. There is absolutely nothing. Because Best Buy decided to just screw everything so this is going to be a little bit rant on best buy um i pre-ordered the game on june 1st and you know from best buy i pre-ordered the special edition and it said it was going to be delivered on june 19th you know the week of you know the day of so i was super excited come june 19th i get a email from or I get an email from Best Buy. I literally wake up the text. Beautiful, beautiful morning. You know, I don't get a text from anyone but Best Buy. And they say, hey, um, we're delaying your shipment. Okay, okay cool. <laughs> For real, that's, that's <laughs> beautiful, huh? And I think after that, I just kind of sat there and I was like, this is a joke. I'm probably just daydreaming or, you know, just half sleep. So then I slept and then woke back up and it's like, no, it's definitely delayed. And it's not coming in. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, when is it gonna like, dude, you did oh, not just man. fuck this up, Best Buy. And so I checked on Best Buy and I was trying to look everywhere. And it's like, yeah, it, there's a delay. There's a problem. You can't even cancel your order. And if we can't get Garrett, and if we can't get you your game, then we gotta cancel your order, coach. And I'm just like, yeah, dude, just getting fucking hit left <laughs> and right. This is supposed to be for the podcast, man. <laughs> and I'm super excited. And then, um, You know, just Best Buy fucked that all up. So what I what have I had to do? Just fucking be on a, be on an adventure, (laughs) avoiding all these fucking spoilers that fucking everyone's doing. Everyone's all of a sudden, everyone's a Twitch streamer. I mean, shit. I mean, I Twitch stream occasionally, but everyone's a Twitch streamer now. Tweet uh, streaming fucking Last of Us Part Two, and then every reviewer in existence is reviewing it, putting it all up. Ads are going crazy. I'm just like, man, fuck this. This is harder. I, that's that's why I, like in the beginning of the podcast I said I've been watching movies because I don't even play games. As like I haven't been playing because I've just been avoiding everything. <sighs> so it's been super tragic. And Best Buy fucked it up. And then they email me, you know, on Sat on Friday night, and they're like, hey, you know what? We like basically the email is like, hey, we apo- like we apologize, but we expect your delivery to come in tomorrow on Saturday, and. I was like, okay, cool, nice. And then an hour later, they're like, JK, uh, expecting your delivery on Sunday. And guess what? It's Sunday today as we're recording. And I have not heard a single bell rung. I haven't gotten any emails or anything. I'm going to break something, dude, because this was supposed to be the launch weekend of the biggest game I think in Sony's catalog, probably next to like all the exclusives. No, this is probably the biggest game. And guess what? I don't get to experience it. Meanwhile, on Snapchat, everyone's going on and (laughs) fucking posting up saying, yo, we got it, bro. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm just so mad. I'm, I'm really jealous that every, I, I, but I'm happy that everyone has it. (laughs) You know, it's kind of one of those things like, yeah, I'll sacrifice myself (laughs) so you guys can enjoy because I would have been spamming it. No, I I wouldn't have. I would have just, you know, it would have been me and you streaming it. And I think that was going to be the biggest thing of this podcast where we're just going to talk (laughs) and discuss. But
1: It's one of those things where, like, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. Best Buy. Like, you you probably should have went out and bought it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Fucking all this for a fucking steel bookcase and a fucking uh, art book. (laughs) We were just talking shit about (laughs) premium editions, man. Fuck this. But the funny thing about it is that if you actually go on bestbuy.com currently and you look up Last of Us Part 2 Special Edition, the reviews of the game, like, the normal game, Last of Us, just the normal, Last of Us Part 2, is, like, rated at, like, four point something, right? Out of five. Whatever. But... Last of Us Part 2, the special edition, the one that I ordered, is rated at a 2.7 because you see everyone rating it a 1, and they're just like, all the comments are literally not the game, the game has nothing to do with this, fuck Best Buy, you ruined this for us. It's like, this was supposed to be, no, dude, they're going in, the comments aren't even about the game, they're just about how many other people got fucked in this. So it wasn't just me, it kind of made me a little bit, you know, relieved, but Still shitty that I'm in this situation. So, yeah, there's really nothing to talk. (laughs) Yeah, there's really nothing to talk about as far as uh Last of Us Part Two. But what are you saying?
1: I was gonna say it's time to buy some Best Buy stock because they're gonna yeah it's gonna crash.
0: That's fucking (laughs) tough, man. It's it's just super tragic. But you know what? I think on that note, I'll just like end it there. But um honestly, for the second episode, I think I think um. I don't know. I think that was just a little rant, and the in that second episode. So, I want to just tell all the listeners out there. You know, if you're if you're hearing this, hopefully you're hearing this. I don't know um, whether you're using Spotify, Apple. You know, all those uh, things. We finally got distribution on on a bunch of platforms. So we're not just on the Anchor app. So if you have Spotify, Apple, all that stuff, you can actually check us out there at Auto Hit Confirm. Um, if you guys could do us a favor, also. And, you know, spread the word on this podcast. Get us, you know, show your, you know, your friends or all that, you know, just that would help us excessively. And for sure, email us questions, DM us, go on Instagram, follow us and uh, send us some questions that you definitely like us to answer, like how we answered the uh, first two. Um, But honestly, man, we, we really like doing this. And I feel like we're really just starting to get like this really awesome pattern down. I guess. For sure next week, I'll be able to actually get a real good review or just like a good discussion going on Last of Us Part Two because me and Dom will have finally played it and we'll probably have beat it by then. But yeah, um, I just want to say thank you guys for listening to the first episode. We got good feedback on everything. Um, keep Again, keep sending us feedback, me and Dom, or at at our Gmail at autohitconfirm at gmail.com can email us there if you if you'd want but i mean who emails anymore you could definitely just dm us on instagram <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah all the information will be linked up in the uh description box but definitely thank you guys for just staying with us even if it's you know even if this is just a little break from the day that you guys are having we do appreciate everything you guys do cuz we do this we don't expect anything but you know, just getting listeners, just getting all that. That's awesome. But yeah, I want to say thank you again. And, um, Dom, um, before I say see you next week, do you have anything? Yeah.
1: Do not have an unpopular opinion just because it's popular to have an unpopular opinion. That is all.
0: <laughs> all right, y'all. See you guys next week.
1: Peace. We'll